Hey everybody, this is Alina, the host of the Realware Think Tank podcast with Ali Debachi, the CEO of Realware, where we discuss all things business and tech news with actionable steps to get you guys on the road to success. So last week we talked about cybersecurity as a whole, what it is, how to protect yourself from it, and also what to do once it does occur that you get a breach. Today we're going to hone in on certain security risks such as ransomware so we're going to talk about what it is how to avoid it how to react when it does happen and all of that good stuff so really quick you can find us on linkedin at ali debachi and also at realware llc you can also find us on twitter at ali debachi um, our facebook page at realware us and www.realware.com so with all of that said how are you doing ali I'm great, Alina. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm excited to talk about ransomware and learn the ins and outs. Well, I've never heard anybody say they were excited about ransomware or to talk about <laughs> ransomware. So, <laughs> well, it's good. It's good to so know. So let's just it's dive in. I guess. To know. <laughs> I'm just excited to learn important. how to react to it. It's very important to know. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's yeah, unfortunate so that we even have to talk about it. Yeah, well, that's life. <laughs> so I guess to start, the obvious place is what is ransomware? Um, so basically, ransomware is essentially a type of malware, virus, malicious code, whatever you want to call it, um, that gets a hold of your machine, your, your computer, and then encrypts all your data um, with a key that's unknown only to the attacker. And then it asks you for money, which is the ransom, and therefore the name ransomware. Got it. Um, you know, basically the bottom line is that, you know, ransomware, once it gets on your machine, it encrypts your data and, and is looking for a payment to decrypt that data. Um, and we know that, you know, over the last few years, you know, average ransomware demand rates have gone up from $6,000 to $84,000, and the Jeez. attacks have risen by 40%. And the average ransom for twenty Q one twenty twenty was about one hundred eleven thousand dollars. So, the cost of being hit by ransomware is significant, but there is it's pretty easy to deal with it, and we'll talk about that uh, in a second. Um, you know, generally, you know, you can relatively easily protect yourself against ransomware if you make sure you're paying real close attention to what you're doing. Um, it starts by a user being fooled into clicking a link, either in an email or part of an attachment or even on a malicious website. You then are directed to a site which is hosting that malicious code. And that code is then downloaded to your machine. It's typically called a dropper because what that dropper does is it then goes out and downloads the code which is going to encrypt your machine. Um, your data is also transferred to the attacker. So anything that's on your machine that they find, they're going to send it to themselves. So you have that risk as well, that your data exfiltration. And so if it's your personal machine or a work machine, any data that's on those machines is now in the hands of the attacker, whether you pay the ransom or not. Um, your data then gets encrypted. And then you're given a nice, unfortunate message that says your data has been encrypted. And if you want to decrypt the data and get access back, you're going to have to pay a ransom, um, almost always via Bitcoin or some other crypto coin so that it's um, not as easily traced. Hmm. 
Wow. Okay, so, so I think a question of mine, it just amazes me that people still fall for the emails and the links and things, but after I was reading a bunch on ransomware before this call, I realized, you know, the email doesn't have to be something that would stick out. It could also be them copying an email that you would normally get and think that it's just a normal email. You click on it and then you're SOL. <laughs> I mean, I didn't even realize that that would be a possibility that they cloak it as something else. Correct. Yeah. That is usually the case, right? They're going to make it look like an Amazon email or a bank yeah. email, or they're going to make it look like an email from your boss or from a team member. Mm -hmm. Phishing is usually a part of this attack. Um, but also remember, it can be a website you go to that isn't secure anymore. There's a lot of websites mm -hmm. that get compromised, and you go to a website, you think it's safe, you click on a link, and the hijackers or the hackers have taken over that website, replaced the links. So this can happen just about anywhere. So you really have to be careful what you're doing. I mean, it's just like walking down the street. You know, you wouldn't mm -hmm. walk down an, into a dangerous area. You're not gonna, you just don't wanna go clicking on links randomly. You know, if an yeah. email looks funny, like if you get that little s intuition, it, may, it probably is. So delete it mm -hmm. and go to the website directly, right? Don't trust what you're getting in email ever. Um, and that kind of goes ahead to, you know, all these tools that are sold to businesses around prevention, you know, prevent, prevent, prevent. You know, I'm a, I'm not a big fan of them because what I hear a lot of is, you know, you can do all the preventative work you want and then you still have compromises happening. So the first rule should be to plan ahead. How, what, assume you have been compromised, how are you going to recover from that? Um, so if you have your recovery plan in place and you understand what your recovery is going to look like, then you can determine what levels of, um, uh, you know, prevention you need to spend for, right? Because, for example, this particular type of attack is most likely going to slip through all of your protections and it really relies on a person receiving the email to be savvy enough to not click the link. Um, so basically the idea is when you talk about planning ahead, um, and recovery, the two things are together, right? So planning ahead equals recovery. So if we now say, okay, what do I need to protect? What do I need to get back if I were to be compromised by a ransomware attack? Um, and so it's critical to take an inventory. And what I mean by that is look at your systems or system, get your critical files and digital assets. You know, where are they? What are they? What files, what folders, what directories, what systems? What applications are not right off the shelf? Do you have a custom application? Do you have custom data? Do you have um, all SaaS products, meaning they're all in the cloud? Um, what third-party services do you need to keep servicing your clients? You know, are you relying on any kind of, you know, integrated tools that were that you have to have on a daily basis? So once you have that inventory, which should be relatively straightforward to do, it's not a hard question to ask. The people who you work with, who you know, look at your own thing if you're a solo entrepreneur or a, or a contractor. And then once you understand that, you know, there's two terms you'll hear a lot about when you talk about disaster recovery, and they are you know RPO and RTO, and they stand for restore point objective and restore time objective. Restore point objective is basically at what point do you want to be able to restore to. So how much data can you afford to lose otherwise, right? Can I lose a day? 
Can I lose an hour? Can I lose a week and still be able to service my customers? So that's your restore point objective. And then your restore time objective is how long can I go without access to that data to continue to service my customers? So if I say I could lose a day's of data, a day's worth of data, sorry, can that does that mean that I can be down for a day? Two days, three days? Or do I have to be back up and running in an hour or two hours or three hours? And what does backup and running mean, right? That's part of your disaster recovery or restore point objective. I highly recommend if you're using a third party to manage your technology or you have your own internal technology team that you go ask them these questions. What RPO do you support? What RTO do you support? How long will we be down and how do you recover from a, a ransomware attack? Because we saw recently what we talked about last week as well is this MSP platform, which was servicing thousands of customers globally, was compromised. And then it polluted all of their customers. So you're thinking as a small business owner, hey, I'm good. I'm paying these tech experts. They're taking care of my systems. They've got my back. Everything's good. And then the bad guys go after the source and now they infect everybody. And now you're in, you're caught up in that in that entire situation. And I believe it took over a week for the uh, main company, Kaseya, to get a link, to, to, to get a decryptor to get the data back. So you need to challenge. You can't just be along for the ride. So if you have an MSP, managed service provider, or a technology company who's helping you run your inter in IT, you need to ask them these questions. How are you making sure if a ransomware attack attacks you that it doesn't affect me. And if it does affect me, for how long? And how much data might I lose? Okay, that's critical. Those are questions you need to take responsibility for and ask your vendors about. All, every single vendor related to technology and get those on file. Yeah, that's insane. So, geez. <laughs> It's, it's amazing how easy it sounds for them to get into your systems just from you accidentally clicking or even just going on a website that you already know of. So that's crazy. Yeah, and with the bigger company, it's amazing to me that even though they're a large company, they're well-known, they can still be susceptible to these things as well. Do Does it say how they were attacked? Was it from another company that they were servicing? Was it from them originally? We don't I don't know if I've gone into the actual sure. details of the of the Kaseya compromise, but bottom yeah. line is um, as a consumer of that, if I was a service if I was receiving services, I don't really care. Right? Yeah. If I'm asking the right questions and I'm protecting myself, then I would be able to recover without having to worry about that. The, the issue is you have to assume you will be compromised. Mm -hmm. You can't go through day to day without taking the responsibility of that occurring and having a plan to deal with it if it does occur. That is mm -hmm. what I, what the message I'm trying to get across is don't abrogate responsibility for your data and your recovery to a third party. Take responsibility for that and understand that the tools I'm going to talk about in a second, you can implement yourself very inexpensively, and then you're covered regardless of what your third-party provider is doing for you, if you are using a third-party provider. Mm -hmm. So 
you know, that's really the message here is ask the question so you know what your risk profile is, you know what they're doing, if anything, um, to protect you. Make sure if you're signing agreements that there's, you know, SLAs and this information is managed in those agreements um, so that you have some recourse when this happens because a lot of these organizations, you know, were kind of caught off guard. They weren't even at fault, right? That for getting, for that, for getting um, compromised. They were trusting mm-hmm. a third party who trusted a third party, and then that cascade effect occurred. And it's not the first time this has happened. It's the second or third or fourth, and it'll keep happening. Because the hackers are businesses. They're running as a business. So does -hmm. it make sense for them to target thousands of small businesses? Or does it make sense for them to target the big big company that's servicing those businesses and then catch all those? It's like a dragnet approach, right? Versus Mm -hmm. a fishing line approach. They're just gonna throw that net in and get as many people as they want and then capture as much revenue as they can and then move on to the next attack. Mm-hmm. So you have to know what's happening. You have to be aware. You have to protect yourself. Um, and that's your responsibility, frankly. Protect yourself. And you know the easiest way to do that, to segue into this section, is back up, back up, back up. In this particular case, and in almost every disaster recovery scenario, if you have a backup in place that you know you can get to, um, and that is complete. You are you should be able to recover with minimal effort. Now that doesn't mean minimal time, it, but it means minimal effort, and that you have it, it you have all your data in a place that you're protected. Um, the key though is not to use traditional backup or sync technology, because that might back up your encrypted files and overwrite your information. Right. So if you're not retaining a backup history or backup versions. Mm. Uh, then you may just be doing work that doesn't help you, right? So the service you select must have version support for some period of time, okay? Um, Only back up your own files, right? Don't waste time backing up operating system files, application files, if you have that stuff, um, which I'll say in the next statement is, you should have a backup of your operating system, right? You should have, a if you're Windows or Mac, you should have like a USB stick with those on them. Um, you should have your application files, stick those on a separate media, USB stick or something, because backing those up doesn't make any sense. If you can download those things, that's fine too, right? If you can download you know, your application anytime you want, and it's cool. So from a service suggestion perspective, I'll tell you what we do. Um, and you know, we have no affiliation at all with these services, but they have worked well for us. Um, number one, I would recommend a company called Backblaze. Uh, that's B-A-C-K-B-L-A-Z-E dot com. They have a $6 a month service, which you can add for another couple of dollars, full version support, I believe. And that you can ma- back up as many computers as you want in your search. So if you have one computer or if you have 20 computers, you can back them all up to a remote service with versioning. Um, I mean, just think about it. For six to ten dollars a month, you could have protection against this headache. I mean, I I can't, can't imagine anybody wouldn't just immediately go from this podcast mm-hmm. and go sign up right now and start backing up their system. Secondly, I I always recommend more than one solution just so you have a backup plan with your backup plan. You could use Dropbox Professional, that also does versioning. I think up to 180 days. So that means you know, you're gonna know right away if you've been crypto locked. So mm-hmm. you don't need even 100 days of backup, but here's 100 days of versioning, right? So you can go back and undelete files and do whatever. 
Um, and that's uh, um, free for... Th so if you use the free version, you'll get 30 days of history. If you mm -hmm. use the pro version, you're going to get 180 days. Right now, that's their offer today, as of today. Mm -hmm. And that's $19.99. So think about this. For a single computer for $25 a month, $26 a month, you can have peace of mind that no matter what happens, if you were to ever click on a link, or if your colleague were to click on a link, and they weren't backed up, because remember, ransomware spreads through the network as well. It doesn't just sit on one computer. You are now safe. You've got your data. You know, you can go get a new machine, turn it on, download your data, and continue to work, okay? The other thing is that you can also do a local, like what we do here is we also have local NAS devices or disk storage. NAS stands for Network Attached Storage, which we've configured with certain rules uh, that is also getting and creating versioned backups locally. And the only reason we do that is because we want to be able to restore sooner so that we can get back our data sooner than waiting for it to download over an internet connection or waiting for a disk to be sent to us, for example. Mm -hmm. Backblaze will send you a disk with all your data on it, right? So that you don't have to wait for a download if you have a slow connection. There's a fee for that, and then, but bottom line is you get your data back, much cheaper mm -hmm. than paying ransomware. Um, and then ultimately what you're looking at is if you've got your USB, with your operating system or your system restore on it. You have your USB with your applications or you've got your web addresses so you know where to go to download that stuff. And then you have your remote backup service with versioning. If you get into a situation where ransomware does strike, it's pretty easy to go through a recovery process. Of course, it's gonna be stressful, so I always recommend, you know, you know when you talk about recovery, step them, don't panic, right? You, you, you don't wanna freak out. You know you've got your data backed up. Um, what I would do first is shut the computer off. So if you have other computers, it's not going to infect other ones. Or you know sometimes it might be too late. But bottom line, hopefully you have all your computers getting backed up and you don't have to worry about it. And by the way, just to be sure, don't forget to do this for your home computer. Right? We're in a digital world. All your photos, all your keepsakes, all your movies, all the things that you've done, especially if you have a family and you've got all these memories and things like that, and you get crypto locked, if it's not backed up with versions, you're going to be in trouble. Okay, so you want to make sure you're doing this everywhere that it makes sense, right? Wherever you have data that you care about, you should be using one of these services to back that up, okay? So turn off the machine. Hopefully at this point you have all your data backed up so, the, so that the rest of this process is really straightforward, really easy. Mm -hmm. um, the next kind of, if, you, if you're in a business compliance environment, you're going to leave that machine off, right? Or you might remove the storage from that machine because one of the things you don't want to do, you don't want to try to clean that machine and bring it back to a place you can use it. You're better off taking the storage out or wiping it, right? So if you have a compliance regimen you need to follow, you can't wipe it. Hopefully it's got removable storage so you can hand those over to the security people and they can use it for forensic discovery, etc. cetera. Uh, but once you've wiped the machine totally, you restore your operating system, you restore your applications, you restore your data and you're back in business, right? So you can go back, other than with a little bit of lost time, you can go back to the point right before you were compromised, hopefully, based on the backups that you have from, you know, let's say Backblaze and Dropbox. Okay. 
So for those of us who aren't super tech involved, I'm sure there are some of you listening, what's the difference between a wiped machine and a cleaned machine? Is a wiped machine you just completely get rid of everything? Or is it, because I know for my Apple, you press restore and it puts everything back on or what is what is the difference yeah that's a great question so cleaning a machine means you're trying to remove the malware so Mm. you're you're not reinstalling and formatting the hard drives from scratch a wipe is you destroy all the data and start from fresh okay and so if someone if that happens to somebody who isn't tech smart (laughs) Do they have mm-hmm. the ability to do that themselves or would they have to take that somewhere for someone to wipe it or clean it in some way? No, so a wipe should be possible. So every every machine you might buy or if you build your own machine, let's just talk about so that, that somebody like you're saying, somebody who's not a IT person. Mm-hmm. So you bought a computer from a store. Almost all of those will have what's called a backup or restore function, which will allow you to create on a USB disk, USB stick, I mean, mm-hmm. um, a restore function, which means that you're then able to reboot that computer. If that USB is in, it'll prompt you to say, hey, do you want to restore this computer back to factory settings? Meaning mm-hmm. it'll wipe the hard drives, it'll restore the operating system, recreate all the partitions, and put you back in a place where you were when the machine was brand new. Okay. That should be doable. Um, as long as you keep that on a separate disk, USB stick, and you do it before you got infected, then you should be good because that should wipe out the machine and should do everything back to normal. Okay. And then you restore your data on top of that. Okay. That makes sense. And so if you're a company that has, if you're a small business and you have maybe two or three different machines, how do you know if your first machine that you know for a fact was infected also infected the other machines will something like pop up or how will you know that you've been gotten (laughs) by ransomware yeah well you're gotten by the time you get one by the time it's told you one machine is crypto locked all the machines have probably been infected at some level because one of the first things these tools do is they try to distribute themselves before they tell you they're there Mm. right so the idea is that if you have two or three, now if you have two or three machines that aren't connected via a network, which I which is probably not the case, right? They probably all have Wi-Fi connections. Wi-Fi, They're probably yeah. all on the same Wi-Fi. Um, you know, you're most likely going to be infect, infected. That's why the mm-hmm. first step is once you notice something is to shut the machines off, mm-hmm. because if they're off okay. and they have no network connection, then they can't continue to infect other things. Okay. Okay. Now it doesn't te- that doesn't hurt to have like, you know, Microsoft Defender or some other antivirus software on your machine that's looking for these kinds of behaviors, right, to warn you. Uh, but you still those are not going to stop you from getting crypto locked. Okay. They a lot of these tools, these ransomware tools, they know these things are out there. They have ways to disable them. Um, they'll fool you into clicking some kind of link on your computer. So it's really, really critical. That's why I say you have to prepare and back mm-hmm. up so you're ready for recovery before you start relying on prevention. Because prevention is never going to be 100%. Yeah. A backup 
is always going to get you back. Prevention, not always going to get you back. Not always going to prevent the problem. Yeah. So have a first, a second, a third, and a fourth plan. <laughs> to keep safe. <laughs> well, have a backup plan. <laughs> yeah. That's step number one. Maybe you'll have Definitely. a multi-backup plan, but have a backup plan. Yeah. Again, let me reiterate. Take an inventory. Mm-hmm. Number one. Get a backup. At least, in my mind, two. You know, if I was going to pick two providers, it's where where we use Backblaze and we use Dropbox. Those are two that we can easily recommend. Mm-hmm. And then understand what your operating system backups are. How do we make sure we have backups of Windows 10 or Mac OS or whatever version of Linux we might be using, right? If you've got all that, if something happens, you can do what I'm saying, which is don't panic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if yeah. you don't have all that, now you're looking at maybe paying a ransom or trying yeah. to figure out how to deal with it. Um, yeah. So is there any, I know this is a little off topic, but is there any like legal action that you can take if something like this does happen to you? Like, can you, is there someone you can it, call or is it just up to yes, you? Yes, to- you can call the FBI. The FBI has cyber numbers that you can look up. If you go to their website, they have regional cyber centers. So I highly recommend you do report it. Um, You can also have cyber insurance, right? I recommend you have that. Um, But again, those things aren't going to help you serve your customer, Mm -hmm. right? My objective in real at Realware and the rapid methodology is we're customer focused, right? We're 100%. So what do you have to do to make sure you can keep serving your customers, your clients? And that means you have to be able to operate your business. You have to be able to operate your service. Calling the FBI and and um, having insurance come in and help you after the fact to cover the costs of recovery doesn't help you serve your business. I mean, your customer. So keep that in mind, right? You're doing all these things so that you can keep focused on what's important, which is delivering a service to your clients and your customers. Mm-hmm. Okay, awesome. Well, do you have anything else to add to this talk today about ransomware? Uh, One more thing. Backup, backup, backup. (laughs) Get your backup straight. Make sure you have a good backup plan. If you can, I would even have a second computer. Do your backups and practice your restore on a second machine. It doesn't cost a lot these days to have a Mm -hmm. second machine. And if you can do that and then turn that computer off and put it aside, and then when you have a problem, you have even less of a time to, you have less of a restore time now, right? Because you've got a computer, mm-hmm. second machine. Now, I know a lot of people may not be able to do that, but bottom line is you should also test your restores, right? Mm-hmm. At some level. But bottom, but backup, 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 backup. I can't stress it. I'm stressing it a lot here. It's, you know, backup, 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 right? It's really important. And not just locally. Be, let's be careful here. It must be a version-based backup. You know, I'm beating this one because it's really important. We're, we're really stressing this. You might have a local backup. You might have some other thing going on on your computer. But if it's on your computer or connected to your computer, it's at risk of being crypto-locked. Got it. So for all of you people who are backing up to a USB disk, maybe, external USB drive or Thunderbolt drive or any of those things, those are probably going to be crypto-locked as well. So you can't rely on that. Oh, it needs okay. to be a separate, broken down, bro- there's got to be a wall between your computer 
and that other and that other service. Okay, so if by wall, if you have something that you're backing up to that is a USB or something, as long as it's not connected to the computer when it is attacked by ransomware, then it's safe, correct? It's no. you're never going to know. It's like when someone says you can't time the market. You can't time the attack. Oh if you, you want to have a USB drive connected to do backups, that's fine. But you can't rely on that. You can use the okay. USB backup for strategy for human error. Like, oh, my, I deleted a file by mistake. I need to get it back. Let me go to that USB drive that I have connected for backup. Mm -hmm. But if you're talking about recovery from a cyber event, it must be something that is on all the time that doesn't require you to do anything to have the protection. Got it. Because you're not going to know you clicked on a bad link and it's too late. Got it. So make sure it's an external service that isn't directly accessible from your computer without some other method of access. Good point. Because just think about it. If you have, let, let's just dive into this for a second because that's a great question. If you use Backblaze or you use Dropbox or both, guess what's going to happen? When your system gets crypto locked, those crypto lock files are still going to get backed up, right? Because they just look for changes and then they back them up. But because they're versioned, you can tell them, I want the version before this file, right? I want the data as of at this time. And so that backup with the, the bad backups that you get will not affect your data. Got it. Right? That's why you want a versioned backup. That makes sense. No, that definitely because makes sense. Because we've seen people who are doing backups mm -hmm. and then the whole backup drive, which has all their backups, gets encrypted, gets crypto locked. Now, guess what? Jeez. Your backups are useless. Right. So this is the key to make sure you have a good recovery strategy against ransomware and crypto locking. Great. Well, I think that all makes plenty of sense and just to reiterate what we talked about today it's make sure you do an inventory you know what you need backed up you know what's important and what if it is gone what you need back how long you can have without it um and what was the other one rpo you discussed mm -hmm. the objective restore point of objective how much data you can afford to lose and rto which is the time um, make sure you back up. <laughs> I think we've reiterated that multiple times. And then just be ready to recover. Don't panic. Stay calm and follow the steps and you'll be good to go. Sounds good. All right. Well, do you have anything else to mention off of that? Nope. Just if you have any questions, you can get a hold of us. We're happy to help um, mm -hmm. answer any detailed questions or anything like that. But, you know, at the end of the day, I think that the steps we've given today, you could basically go um, right to your PC right now, sign up for those services, get those backups started, and probably in less than an hour, have some peace of mind um, around ransomware attacks. Great. Awesome. And definitely, yes, if anybody has any questions for us, you can find us at LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, our website. I'll reiterate those again. On LinkedIn, we're at Ali Devachi, and we're also at Realware LLC. Twitter, 
at Allie Debachi, Facebook at Realware US, and www.realware.com. So definitely come, ask us your questions. If you come up with anything we didn't address, please let us know. But thank you so much for joining us today, guys, and have a good one. Thanks, everybody. Take care.